1: Welcome in to the Sports Objective. Great show, as always. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a round table later on. But first, Bubba, a guy that if I ever have a roast, Bubba, I want this guy on the panel of uh, people just throwing darts at me.
0: Be careful Yeah, you I know. Who, I, he yeah. certainly would throw some darts at you. Isn't that right, Coach Steele? I was going to say, be careful what you wish for there, pal. He might not want that. You know. <laughs> Be bouncing off you, you and I got the same haircut, yeah. You'd be That's bouncing, great. it won't be good, Bubba. How you been, bud?
2: Doing well, and glad to have you back on the show. Um, love to have you on anytime, but especially this time of year, talking to March Madness. So, uh, we aimed to have you on prior to the tournament beginning, but uh, now that we're down to the final four, uh, and what an interesting final four we have. You have UConn, who's obviously won four national titles and making a resurgence under Danny Hurley, but. You also have
0: three newcomers: San Diego State, FAU, and Miami. Yeah, my uh, my bracket's intact. In, in That's what I had going in. Yeah, <laughs> Dave, how about you?
1: No, I'm going to be honest. Uh, no, it was, it was blown up after a couple of days, after a few days. But mine
0: was blowing blown up when I was in Columbus, Ohio, watching my Boilermakers, and uh, Fairleigh Dickinson <sighs> beat us and. You know, we didn't play very good at the end of the year, but but I thought I knew we'd win that game or thought we would. But I was really hoping I watched I watched Florida Atlantic play this year twice on, you know, just on just a random game. And I really thought that they would beat. I was hoping that we would play Memphis rather than Florida Atlantic, because I thought Florida Atlantic would be really tough for for anybody. But did I think they were going to the final four? No, not a chance.
1: And, Coach, we have uh, somebody that you know, maybe know, um, but others, too, that national media, that they don't like this Final Four because there's not really a you know, a blue blood in there. For me, I love this Final Four because, and let me preface by saying, I'm not saying East Carolina is going to make the Final Four anytime soon, but a school like East Carolina um, that we've had troubles in the past winning or doing this, it gives you hope when you see – San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, who oh by the way is coming in the America next year. When you see teams like that and Miami, um, that maybe one day we'll have a chance to get there.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's good. I think though people kind of underestimate that San Diego State uh, two years ago when they or the, when we didn't have the Final Four, they were thirty and two and they would have been number one seed on the West. Wow. And this year they've got five senior starters and three other guys in the rotation are all juniors and you know I just think that game in and game out when you get the tournament you've got to have senior guards and they got to be tough and they and they're tough and I think that so I mean they're really good and people forget UConn at one time was ranked second in the in the country this year and then they had some injuries but I'll tell you what that Newton kid uh he was what they were missing. They had guys that could shoot and score inside, but they didn't have a guy that was really a point guard that wanted to pass it. And he is, uh, I think he's the difference in that team this year. And where did he play? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he, and he was good for us. I mean, you know, he, he, he would have been, if you put him on that team and you put Garner who goes to, uh, to, you know, to Virginia, And, you know, then we had the kid before that that Joe had that or Joe or I can't remember Joe or Jeff, the kid that went to Syracuse. He's playing in the NBA now, the Hughes kid.
2: Yeah, Elijah Hughes.
0: Yeah. 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 I think the challenge, it'll be interesting to see like Florida Atlantic. They've got a bunch of young guys. It'll be interesting to see if they're playing for Florida Atlantic next year, if they're playing for University of Florida or Miami or Florida State. Because – those schools have a bunch of that NIL money and, and it's pretty easy to as good as those guys are, uh, it'll be tough for, I would think for Florida Atlantic, unless they're in Boca Raton and there's a bunch of money there, but I doubt if any of them give money away, they, they will be this year though. Cause will they they'll be jumping on the bandwagon
1: coach uh, speaking of which I'm glad you brought that up that their coach uh, for Florida Atlantic said that there's other schools that are trying to get their players during the season, which, uh, my whole thing with, I don't have a problem with NIL. I just have a problem with, there's not really a national like guidelines on NIL. It's whatever state is kind of like the wild, wild, West. And so I don't really know how you Johnny Gardner, by it says Lebo got Hughes, by the way. Um, thank you, Johnny. Um, but as far as the NIL deal, how do you like, what, what regulations would you like to see? I guess that's my question.
0: Well, first of all, there won't be any regulations, I don't think because the NCAA didn't have anything to do with this. It was this when the Supreme Court voted nine zero, that every student, whether he or she is a a musician, uh, a painter, an artist, or an athlete, they can make as much money as they can make. And the Supreme Court, in my few years, they've never ever admitted they made a mistake. And so they're not going to, they're not going to change that. They're going to make as much money. It's not supposed to be for recruiting or retention. And that's exactly what it's for. And I don't know, you know, I I didn't really have a trouble with the portal because I think kids, if they could do it one time, you know, guys, you know, aren't getting to play. They might want to go somewhere. The coach leaves, but this NIL is a whole different animal. I mean, there are guys making millions and millions of dollars, and you know, like I said earlier, it's not a guarantee. Texas A&M won five football games. Louisville won four basketball games. Carolina was in total disarray all year, and all those guys are making, you know, three to six hundred thousand. So, I don't know. I I think that the I think the Supreme Court totally underestimated. You know, when I was talking to some of the different coaches, Coach Dooley at Kansas, he said, you know, Bill Self's best friend is a billionaire. He said, it's no longer you need a millionaire. You need a billionaire. The guy at Miami has got like almost every athlete that he's paying. When they got the pack kid from Kansas State, they paid him $400,000. And it's well-documented. Wow. Because he had to pay the other two guards, raise them 200000 to reach the 400000 So there's 1.2 million in your backcourt they better be good
1: yeah so they better make the final four
0: (laughs) well and i think that's why why caleb love's not going to be back at carolina you know he says he went in the portal he he might have he might have got his nil money taken away you know it might be a business decision for him
1: who knows he, he originally wanted to go to duke duke was his favorite school and duke passed on him a few years ago he goes to carolina and, uh, you know, everybody was like, you. everybody was coming back and everybody thought the Carolina was going to be good this year. They don't even make the tournament and they better make the tournament next year. Um, Caleb Love actually wanted to go to the NIT. Hubert actually had a vote. The players overwhelmingly voted not to go to the NIT. So I don't know. Um, maybe it was beneath them to go to the NIT. But I, as a coach, would you go to the NIT or you just think there's so much disarray and just say, forget it and move on.
0: Well, I I would go for sure. I mean, I would go for sure and I would try I would do all I could do to fix the disarray because you know like Wisconsin this year, they were second in the Big 10 for a long time and they lost their last three games and they they didn't get in. But they've got a bunch of young guys and the NIT has given them now 3 weeks of more practice and now they're playing in instead of New York, they're playing in Vegas, but they're ahead in the game and you know, I. I think as a player, if you want, if you want to play, you know, you, you get past the fact you didn't get in the NCAA, and right. you go and try to win the NIT. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even think. And, and again, I wouldn't put it up to vote. But this, I, you know, I have not coached for a long time, and a lot of people say the inmates are running the asylum, and I think that sounds like a an inmate decision there. I don't know.
1: I'd yeah. Play. Yeah, well, that's not – I love East Carolina, so let's talk about uh, – I just want to tip my hat to Coach Schwartz. I thought he did a great job this year, and I know we were talking in the green room, really happy with uh, how the Pirates look like they're moving in the right direction. And we were talking about NIL, guys like uh, Ezra Sari. We hope that he, being a freshman, Coach did a great job bringing him in. And you, if you have that nucleus of guys that can stay and then the recruiting they've got coming in, Um, they might have a shot, an outside shot of making the NIT next year.
0: Well, you know, the big kid like you're talking about, and I'm sure he's on a lot of the big schools radar, you know, which they're not supposed to be able to recruit, but they're recruiting them. But his last game, he has 18 or 19 points and 18 rebounds against Cincinnati. That will certainly get guys' attention. Against Houston. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, against Houston. It's even worse. Even, that's yeah, exactly. No, number one team in America and, and do that. <laughs> no, it was incredible. And he got, you know, he was raw early in the year I thought, but obviously they coached him up and he got so much better. Uh, yeah. He, there's a guy that you could build around and that's a guy that you, you got to figure out a way if you can, but you know, he's from Atlanta and Georgia Guy got a new guy because uh, if he can do that against. If he can do that against Houston, he can do that against anybody in the country.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Dave, you talk about retaining that nucleus and uh, especially in this day and age with the NIL. uh, You mentioned Ezra Osar. Obviously, Quentin de did some excellent things and got better as the year went on. uh, Showed the ability to knock down a three and take it strong in the basket. Uh, You've already lost Javon Small to the portal. Uh, and then you um, – Saxby Sunderland, on the other hand, wasn't as big of a surprise, and uh, he landed at Longwood. But, uh, Coach, as you take a look at this nucleus, we mentioned Asar de Brain um, Brandon Johnson had an excellent year, ne- nearly averaging, a, you know, fairly close to a double-double. Um, so talk about Johnson and some of those other pieces. Well, I you know
0: the, the Felton kid. He uh, you he know, dominated some of the games. I mean, yeah, he, sure
2: hadn't. I can't believe I left out RJ. <laughs> yeah,
0: he. I thought he had a great year, and you know he he had some games. He had, there was, and I think the biggest thing too that impressed me is that there was no quitting these guys. I mean, early in the year we're down twenty points to I don't know three or fourteen. It seemed like every game we'd be down twenty points, yeah. and came back and won the games, and so. Uh, I, you know, as a, as a former coach, one of the things uh, that I look at is, you know, how the bench reacts when they're not playing. And, you know, I just thought our guys, there was a lot of enthusiasm. The, the, the guys on the bench were into the games. I didn't see anybody come out of the game and pouting around. I mean, I think that, uh, I think they did a great job for the first year. I just, uh, and, you know, as we talked earlier, the timing on it for him was good because, SMU was going through some stuff and they're, they're always good. And Tulsa's is always good. And neither one of those teams were as good as they've been, but that's still uh, they've, you know, they've traditionally been very good and we had some good wins. We had some good road wins and we took, you know, we, we played good at Memphis. Uh, no, I, I think that, that, if we can keep the guys and bring in a few things and, and with the schools that are leaving the conference, you know, you've got Memphis is going to be Memphis, but from second on down, it's going to be a dogfight. You know, you got South Florida with a new coach, you got uh, Wichita state with a new coach. And now is is an opportunity for, I think for, for us to move up with uh with the staff we've gotten with, with the coach, with the coach we have.
1: No question. And uh, Coach, I know there's uh, renovations at Menji's. What would you do to, uh, as far as atmosphere-wise, to improve things there? We With the Pirates Unite. I want everybody to give money towards that. And you know how much Bubba and I love basketball. So we both are giving towards Pirates United. Uh, we've had a lot of great owners and against, but we need to, the percentage of fans that are in the Pirate Club who haven't given, we need to get those numbers up.
2: Yeah, it's only only six or seven percent of Pirate Club donors. So, as John Gilbert said tonight on the baseball yeah. telecast on ESPN Plus, yeah, right around three hundred and fifty out of approximately six thousand Pirate Club members.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I just, I just think that that if it was me, you know, it's been a long time since the concession stands were run correctly and the food yeah. you know if they could make the concession stands as good as they are in baseball and yeah. as efficient as they are in baseball i think that would be a big start i think that in in a perfect world i would i would hire one or two marketing people pay them a minimal amount but say if if we average 5000 fans you're going to get a $100,000 bonus or whatever it is because if we get people in there, it, it'll be contagious. But the idea that that we can't get five thousand people uh, when you know we're, we're getting forty thousand football or whatever, thirty-five to forty, but five thousand people would change that atmosphere. You know, there's other things you can do and stuff, but five thousand people will make it rocking. And you know, we've been through a bunch of coaches, a bunch of people. I just think that somebody needs to go door to door and figure out knowing that I'm going to make a bunch of money. If I can get these people to come to the games, because, you know, they did the parking this year, which was better than it's ever been. You know, you're in whatever lot, but you can go, it's, it's random parking. You don't have to worry about the tow truck guy waiting <laughs> for you to shut your door and then dragging your car out. Cause you're in 59 instead of 58. Right. And so that was good. And I thought that people, you know, it, it was a lot better atmosphere in regard to thank you for coming to the game, which I think that they did a good job there. The, the concessions are horrendous. I mean, absolutely horrendous. And, was... and it, it, if, if they could fix those things and get 5,000 people. So when you bring somebody to the game, when you bring somebody to recruit to the game and he sees five, 6,000 people in there, and you can't, you know, and it's rocking and, you know, that's that's how you end up getting better players. And it's, but I, I, I just think it starts, the old adage has been, well, if we start winning, then we'll get more people. And that's done that for a long time and it hasn't worked. I think we got to get more people in there. And I think that'll help us win more games.
1: And coach, I was thinking that uh, I don't have the connections, maybe like you do, but maybe Billy Parker, um, people like that, give them a- the you know like have a Parker's barbecue concession stand, have a Villa Verde or whatever restaurant you put in there, um, you know, have different types of food. Um <clears throat> I think that would help because uh the like you said, they have one or two concession stand they just have a couple concession stands open and you have to wait in a long line and I just say there's sometimes that I would be giving money like maybe twenty dollars a game or something like that. But I just I'm like forget it I'm not I'm not gonna wait in the line no it's
0: you no know, it's a it's too much of a battle and you know whether it's I mean Parker's or Bojangles or right you, you know you can bees barbecue you know you can go right down the line but it just I think that I think I've eaten some of the pizza that I or hot dogs that have maybe been there for six or seven years I you know I don't know it's it's it, you know it I don't know, but that would be where I would start, and I would let I would let Coach Schwartz. You coach the teams. We'll figure out how to get people in here. That's that's what I would do.
1: And well, great, I'm uh, great, happy for him. by the way, um, one thing I would say is add to that is let's do a better job of marketing our basketball. When you say marketing basketball season tickets, let's have promotions or something. And I'm not being critical, but you know, basketball is. Is my sport and I want to make sure that before I die that we we have a competitive basketball program again. And maybe Yeah. It's been thirty years. I was a sophomore college coach when we went to the tournament and I told people, I can't believe it's been 30 years since we went to the big dance.
0: I know. You know, it's uh and and now with the NIL, I mean, really if if you can get two two good players from the portal, you know it's not like football where you got to have, you know, you got to have four or five on offense and four or five on defense, and you got to have a quarterback. And you can get one or two guys that are experienced, and they're just leaving because they want to play. You know, you look at Kansas State this year. Kansas State gets to the final eight. They didn't have one person on their team or that played in the game, nine guys played that was in Manhattan, Kansas at Kansas state a year ago. Wow. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But it worked for them. It's that's not, you know, the problem when you do that is that you have to do that again in another year and you have to do, you have to keep doing it. But I, I think our issue is going to be, if we do get somebody really good, you got to, you know, you, you got to continue recruiting him day after day after day to keep him here.
1: Coach. Yeah. Bubba, I'm passing to you. I know we want to talk about the tournament.
2: Yeah. Before we go back to the tournament and kind of uh, along the lines of this day and age of college basketball, NIL, et cetera. I know Temple had a coaching change, but then you had Damian Dunn, who was originally from Eastern North Carolina. And now, now he's headed back to the area with NC state. And, um, so, uh, yeah, there there's certainly those guys out there. Uh, hopefully, um, I know Coach Schwartz uh, really really wanted to uh, build it with more so with high school talent uh, last year. Well, just bringing in a couple from the portal with DeBunge and then Jaden Walker, who really developed um, from Iowa State and had some experiences. The Cyclones had made it to the Sweet Sixteen, but uh, it, it seems as though we may uh, try to go a little bit more to the
0: portal, as you're saying. Well, you know, I think that what has changed is that, you know, talking to coach Houston and and any of the guys like coach Payne or Purdue, he said like they go in every day and they have to re-recruit the kids that are there. And then they recruit the kids they're looking for. And then they're checking the background on all the kids that are in the portal. Because, you know, a lot of times the guys are in the portal and the coaches are happy they left because they were problems. Right. And so you got to, you can't just say, hey, that guy averaged so-and-so, we're gonna take him. I mean, you gotta really do some background work on those guys because once you get them, they're not going anywhere else because they're not gonna sit out now. They're not gonna sit out that second year. So it's a uh it's it's changed, but if you get the right mix and you're gonna have to work at it and you're gonna get have to get lucky, but you know, I think the perfect scenario would be you if you can get a, a guy that's a junior or senior that's got the fifth year left or two years left, especially if you don't have a really good point guard, if you could find one of those guys that, uh, you know, that can change your whole team. I mean, it, it, I think nowadays it's more important to have a good point guard than it ever has been because with a three point shot and with changing, you know, only having the, with the time clock and you got to have a guy that can go get his own shot, but everybody's doing the two man games. And those point guards, they they might be five eight to start with, but by the end of the game, they look just as tall as that guy at six three because they're they're better. Yeah, that that rule change that you mentioned uh, having to
2: sit after after one transfer that's that's huge, especially for the East Carolinas of the world. And then also in addition to uh, to whereas right now at least you know maybe the. Uh, Damian Dunn or someone of that caliber you struggle to get because you don't have the money that an NC State or whatever program has. Uh, maybe you can go to a, a you know a program from uh, the MAC or whatever conference that uh, doesn't have as much money as East Carolina may have to spend on the NIL or someone in Division Two. Because I, I know the College of Charleston, I heard multiple people talking about this. That they had what at least a couple from Division Two and maybe yeah. one from like NAI or something.
0: Well, they had they had a couple from Division Two and like one of them was on the, uh, the the national champion team. And so, if you get guys that have had success, whether it's NAI or Division Two or whatever, then there's a good chance that they're going to be you know there's they're going to be guys that can play. And so, I think that that's and, and the the other thing is that so many of these t- teams now have got at least one or two European kids, Uh, you know, or, or kids that have, you know, have come from, I mean, the, the big center for, for UConn, I mean, he's a Samoan, I think, or, you know, whatever, but he's a man. And, and a lot of those teams, well, for instance, Tennessee, Tennessee has four European kids from different countries and they all played a lot for them. And that's at Tennessee. You know, those kids didn't grow up wanting to go to Knoxville, Tennessee. I can tell you that. But (laughs) they've gone to Tennessee, and, you know, Rick's a really good coach. Uh, But it seems like, you know, when we – we had Musa, who, you know, he came and he was tremendous for us. And we had Gabe, Nicholas. Those two guys were as good as we've had probably in who knows how many years. And it would be nice if we could get that pipeline where we could, you know, But, you know, it's one of the things that everybody's doing now. They're getting those Europeans. Dave Jay Searles chimes in on Facebook saying he heard someone say that foreign
2: players aren't eligible for NIL. Is that true? Yes. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but yes, there are, uh, there is a roadblock or at least some, at the very least, some hurdles um, when it comes to NIL. Coach Steele, can you shed any light there? Have you, yeah, your conversations with Coach Self or, Coach no, Dewey, I've had whoever.
0: conversations with, with Coach Painter because uh, uh, Zach Eady, the big center, he's going to decide this week whether he's going to come back for another year. And he's he's on a student visa. And if you're on a student visa, you're restricted with the, the amount of money. But if you're on a work visa, then you're okay, you can get the money. And so Purdue right now is working desperately to get that kid on a work visa. Now, he's already had NIL money from Canada. He's involved with five or six different companies there. But if he gets the work visa and with the Purdue alums, and he is without question the most recognizable college athlete in the country at seven foot four and he's articulate and good guy, but he's got a chance to make a whole bunch of money if he stays at Purdue. And if he goes to the NBA, he's not going to, He'll make a team, but he's not going to be a starter because right. none of those guys have a low, guy in the low post anymore. They've widened the the lane, and they've got so many six ten, six eleven guys that are bringing the ball up the floor and shooting threes. The you know that a, a guy like Shaquille, I don't know if he would play in the NBA because he'd have to get out there and guard guys. It's changed the game a bunch. You know you. You turn a game on and or look at a box score, and there'll be some of the teams between the two of them shoot 80 three-point shots tonight. And it's almost like watching the NBA All-Star game, which is not much fun to watch, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Coach, as far as the uh, college game is concerned, one of the things that has bothered me, speaking of the inside play, um, it just seems like I know Coach, uh, let's be Coach, uh, Jay Billis, well, he was a coach one time, he brought the point a few years ago about how the inside game, how they need to clean up their act as far as officiating, and it's just gotten way too rough inside. Um, do you think that's still true? Um, is there things that we can do to improve the, the, I guess, what he was talking about is improve the game, the college game itself.
0: I think the only way you could really improve it is let guys call their own fouls and just get rid of all the <laughs> officials. That's my humble opinion.
1: Spoken and, like a true coach, right?
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, uh, it, I know if if Ramey hears that, he would say, "Yeah, that's what Steele said, didn't he?" Because uh, <laughs> no, there in, in in basketball, Jim Bavani used to say all the time, you know, it's scheduling for two reasons. You you the biggest one, you bring in teams that aren't very good. You hope, and then the officials are at your place, so that guarantees you you're going to get shoot at least 15 more free throws, maybe more than that. And, and that's what happens. I mean, it's it's the biggest thing. It's, a, it's the common denominator that's not a common denominator. So, and, you know, it's like the the law of verticality. That's been there for 30 years. You know, you got your hands up and they call it on the defense. Yep. But they still do it. Every year they, they emphasize it and they still do it. So yeah. No, just, or go back to two officials, because then they've got to at least get rid of one-third of the problem. That's my, my opinion.
1: <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. Bubba, I'm sorry. I know Bubba was hoping to go into officiating, but <laughs>
0: well, Bubba might be, that might be. Yeah. Right, <clears>
1: right. Yeah. Dave,
2: I
0: have my heart set on it. <laughs> oh no, that's a tough job. I know everybody it's, it's, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned Ramey, uh, Ramey obviously a pirate baseball stand out back in the day.
2: Uh, and we've heard him on the radio and various programs over the years and um and he's someone that we hope to have on in the near future um we we've and I've talked to him on the concourse at Clark and Claire multiple times he said he'd be willing to come on so we'll see if we make Oh that no,
0: Raymond's great. Raymond's a friend of mine and he's great. I, I know
2: he's bound to have some stories.
0: <laughs> no, and he's uh I tell him all the time he's the best of the worst. <laughs> so that's you know that's as good as I can do for him, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Sometimes I'll see him doing a game and then I'll text him and go, did you not take, put a pee in your whistle for this one? Did you take the, did you eat pee? Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a good guy though. Raimi's good.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That <clears throat> we We're talking about the, uh, the NIL money. I know Coach Houston even thinks that the NIL money is more important than the NIL practice facility. Um, that's, uh, the Pirates Unite campaign is going very, very well. But one of the things coach, I think that's, uh, it's amazing to me with the arms race that we have in college sports, we, we don't really have a choice. We have to keep up with the Joneses. And at the same time, um, we're going to have to find a way to, to raise the money for NIL. It's a new animal that we're not used to, right?
0: Yeah. I think the NIL is more important than, than buying new balls, uh, new uniforms. I mean. It's the, uh, when I talk to my friends who are still coaching, they go, you know, we used to go in and talk about tradition. We used to go in and talk about playing time. We used to go in and talk about education. He said, now you can have your AU guy there. You can have your your lawyer there, your agent to be there. And he said, they just go, hey, we know about all that. How much money is he going to make? And like, that's just, it starts with how much money and ends with how much money. The rest of it's irrelevant and if the nca uses the word student athlete that there should be a, a class action lawsuit because it's not about the student athlete anymore and 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 i'll tell you when they let when ucla and southern cal go to the big 10 and those people those kids are going to be traveling from southern cal to iowa city iowa in february that's a nice road trip during the middle of the, the school year and how about new,
2: how, what, new Brunswick, New Jersey to Rutgers?
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, in fact, some of the coaches are saying that, that they think that will hurt their recruiting because other schools will say, uh, if we could throw in Hawaii there, you'd have a perfect scenario because you'll be on the road. Forget having a life. Yeah. I, it, but it's all about the money. You know, as a San Diego State coach, he, in his press conference said, Basically, that he thinks that San Diego State will be the first team taken into the Pac-12 or mm-hmm. Pac-10 or hell. You know, the Big Ten's got 14. So I guess you can call them whatever you want. But I mean, he said that our basketball will fit right in and our football team has been really good. And we've gotten rid of UCLA and we got rid of Southern Cal. San Diego's just sitting there. So I, that'll happen almost immediately, I think. They just built a new football stadium. I, I want to say is
2: what – I'll look it up here in a moment. But um say thirty thirty five thousand 35,000
0: seats, but super nice.
2: Yeah. You know, San
0: Diego State. Yeah, and, you know, they got to get somebody because when you lose Southern Cal and, and UCLA, that's like losing Michigan and and Ohio, and Ohio State in and, and the Big Ten or Carolina and Duke or whatever. I mean, so – and you know, when you're making 30 million and the other guys are making 70 or 80 million, that, uh, that's a lot of money to leave on the table. And who gives a damn about whether those guys are traveling or not? You know,
1: yeah, what about realignment? Do you see any other uh, speaking of realignment, with um, the, <clears throat> we talked to David Glenn, uh, formerly of the David Glenn show about the whole ACC thing. Um, you mentioned North Carolina and Duke, the Big Ten wants North Carolina really bad. I know that a few years ago. North Carolina said, "Hey, we're not going unless we have Duke with us." I mean, one of the probably one of the biggest basketball robberies in college bas- basketball, if not the biggest. Um, do you see any more of that happening? Where uh, more realignment?
0: Well, first of all, the the people that are doing the uh, realigning. They don't care about basketball. They don't care. I mean, when the last time when it looked like the the Big Twelve was going to implode, nobody yeah. wanted Kansas like nobody and Kansas is Kansas. So, and I think Carolina would bolt in a heartbeat if they could and not give a damn about what happens to Duke. Uh, but supposedly, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think the, all the ACC signed this crazy contract where if they, you know, if they leave, they've got to give up their TV money for a certain amount of years. The grand right. so, but, but, you know, every contract has been that's ever been made has been broken sometime by the lawyers. And so and if if that happens, then I think that, you know, I could see Clemson and Florida State going to, you know, going to the SEC, I could see Carolina, you know, Carolina and Virginia going. Uh, I could see Duke being stuck, like Kansas was stuck. So, but, you know, at the end of the day, if there's only three or four conferences, then that really puts everybody else almost like one double A and, and, and two A. I mean, it's, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how you, how you stop that because the money's so big. It's, it would be too bad, I think, but I don't, I can see it getting worse. Yeah. Guys, a moment ago, talking about that new football stadium,
2: Snapdragon stadium at San Diego state. So $310 million. Uh, There it is. Opened in the summer of 2022, and um,
0: is that on campus? Is that on
2: campus? I'll look to see for sure. Um, But in the looks of that picture, it looks like it may not be. But uh, I will. uh, I'll look. I can't imagine it
0: not being pretty close to campus.
2: Yeah, I would imagine it's close. I'll I'll look and see if if it's uh, if it's on campus or how close it is.
0: Well, you know our football facilities. Our football facilities, I think, are or comparable to, you know, except the, the ones would have a hundred thousand people, but, uh, you know, they're in the same kind of the same battle that, you know, you, if you get really good players, you got to work to keep them. It's kind of the haves and have nots, unfortunately.
1: No question. coach. let let's talk about the uh, final four. We were talking earlier there, uh, with this Final Four, you know, some people. I, I'm curious about the ratings, but I'm very happy with the the way that we have the San Diego San Diego State. Have, um, I saw an article where uh, I think he's a great coach, Danny Hurley was talking about giving up on quitting basketball, which was crazy and athletic. Um, have uh, Matt, Miami making it for? I think Lironega's a heck of a coach. Yep. Uh, George Mason several years ago to the Final Four. Here he is again, bringing Miami and uh and when you have um san diego state you have four teams three of which have never been to the final four and i like it i like it a lot i think that um you know when the blue bloods you know does that get eyeballs of course but at the same time that's why they call it march madness and if you're a real basketball fan this is really cool to see in my opinion
0: no i think so too and and the eye of the, the even though we want wanting my makers but Nobody that was a number one seed made it to the, to the final eight. And that's never happened. I mean, no, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's great. I, I know that one of the guards for, uh, for Miami, he was at Kansas State last year. and so when he left, Purdue desperately was looking for a guard. But when it got over 400,000, they had they had to back away. And Miami's got three guys that are in that 400,000 that are all guards. And they're good and they're good and they play together somehow they've been able to mesh all that. But when you put 1.2 million in on salary, uh, you know, you ought to get some pretty good players. So, and I'm sure the other guys are getting a bunch of money too. It's just kind of understood now. So, but I think San Diego state seeing those seniors and they didn't go anywhere. They all, you know, they didn't, nobody left. Nobody went in the portal. I think that's neat, and and UConn is a is a blue blood. They even though they've been down some, but they're, and you know, Florida Atlantic. When you read about that kid, or about that guy, you know, he was a manager at Indiana, first head coaching job. It's it sounded a little bit like, I mean, their place, their their basketball facility seats twenty five hundred, at Florida wow. Atlantic, and when he got there. The first year when they recruited, they never took anybody to the gym, or the weight room, or the locker room. They said it was all under construction, <laughs> and so the first group of guys went. They never saw any of that. This guy signed his contract, the coach, and never saw the uh, the basketball facility. Well. Wow. And from where they started, I mean, it's an incredible story. There'll be a movie about the about these guys. It's like yeah, and you know, they've won 35 games. They lost three games this year. They lost to UAB in a close game on the road. They lost to Mississippi, the first game of the year at Mississippi, and they got cheated by the officials. And they've lost one other game on the road, but they've won 35 games. Yeah. And so, no, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to really be interesting. I mean, I think it's going to be, I think they'll both be really good games. I think it'll be fun.
2: And I do want to keep our focus on the Final Four, but uh, you know, since you brought up FAU's arena, you know, over the last several years, and it's something you hear time and again from Pirate fans. And Minji's certainly has its warts. I mean, it was renovated back nearly 30 years ago um, and uh, opened, or reopened uh, there in the uh, January of 1995. And I mean, the seats in the upper arena. You know, I'm six three. And I do have to kind of turn sideways, but you know, if so, it's it's not the most spacious as far as larger humans, but at the same time, I, I don't want to hear how Menjis is preventing us from uh, you know being a good basketball program because we can certainly, in my opinion, get it get it done in that arena. Wouldn't you say, Coach?
0: Oh yeah, I think so. I think that. I don't think it's the arena so much as, as the things that you can control in the arena. That's right. You know, I, I think they can make the atmosphere so much better and would help us win games. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you and I probably have a little trouble when we uh, fly American in those seats. I don't yeah. know who put those seatbelts together. You know, I try not to say I I need a extension here, but, you know, she's yelling at me to hook up and i'm like you know good luck yeah Sometimes, you, know, you have to do, do the best you can when
1: you yeah. have when you have the middle seat between two other big guys and you're kind of like, like yeah oh my god that, that's the only thing i hate about flying is that it, you have that middle seat and you understand those other two dudes are like you like we're not small guys but at the same time like why can't i have the aisle seat
0: Dave, come off some of that money you got and get you know get an aisle seat. <laughs> okay. You know and you know, just get and an something aisle else.
2: Seat. Um, <laughs> while we're while we're on the topic of the the atmosphere in in Minji's, something I found interesting this year. You know, for as long as I can remember, since I was going to games when you were coaching Coach Steele, and when the team ran out, they ran out to the fight song. This year it's like we're trying to make it more like a football game. The team, the team ran out to purple haze and then, you know, in the pregame with the the pet band prior to the team running out to purple haze, you had the, uh, it was very similar to a football game day with what the band did. I, I, I don't know. It was okay. I just, I don't know. I thought we were trying to, uh, trying a little too hard there. <laughs> Baba.
0: you know, you're young. you I take two grandkids and drew to the game. I wouldn't know if the Beatles were playing. I'm just trying to get everybody to sit where they're supposed to sit, get them the damn yeah. hot dogs that are hard as a rock and get them a drink. Yeah. I, so, I don't know. I can't help you there. pal. Gotcha. No, I can't help you there.
1: Yeah. But there, you're right about the, um, and, and one of the things to be fair to, I know John Gilbert talked about the, the whole lighting situation Where uh, apparently coach the the um, and it's not their fault, um, but apparently our lighting system goes all the way back to Windows ninety five. So that tells you. um, So what happened is when they used to like lower the lights, which I think is really cool, they couldn't do it anymore because it was malfunctioning. So they had they found a dude that had a like Ohio. Yeah, they had to find. They found a guy that had the lighting system, and he had like an extra, like an old computer with Windows 95, <laughs> and they had to buy that computer, help him, and he helped them, like, it's just been a huge mess, so I know that that's going to cost a million dollars just for that to fix, but I want to give kudos to John Gilbert and Ryan Robinson for um, getting that fixed. I think the um, the other thing... The that- purple and gold lighting with the, the
2: new LED lighting.
1: Yeah, I really like that a lot, and then they also are getting... Uh, Bubba and I are, love those, uh, like the you know, the bleacher seats, but they're making those one side where they have Coach Steele and all the um, big big donors on that one side. (laughs) Um, People that love basketball, right, Bubba? And they have like that one side now. And I think that's going to be a great atmosphere because when the students are away and they have those cheap tickets, so they've done a great job of doing that. um, And the lower bowl field, it it really, I remember, um, Bubba, was that two or three years ago when Charlotte, you, me, we were down there, your dad, we were down there in the bleachers and it it was uh it was really loud and we ended up beating Charlotte that night it was around Christmas time a few years ago
0: no it can get it can get loud I mean you know when when we beat Louisville uh when coach heron was coaching I mean you couldn't hear the they, person sitting next to you and same thing when we beat Marquette I mean it's yeah, yeah I mean it can, Wayne Maiden, right yeah i mean it i agree with you though i don't think that that Minji's coliseum keeps us from from having a good program i i think that they've done lots of things they've got the practice facility they've done a lot of things with the locker room they've done everything that they can pretty much do structurally to make it so that we can be competitive i just think that we got to get people in the in the stands
1: yeah and, and another thing is the uh the whole thing we want to do a basketball like with cliff does a great job with the baseball um, banquet, but we want to do some kind of banquet where we can raise a lot of money, have former players come former coaches like yourself come um, because we feel like that that's a way that we could raise money. And, you know, like one thing they did this year, which was desperately needed coach, you can speak to this, but they have charters for every single game now in the American uh, the American games. And, to me, I mean, you're a coach and I'm not. Um, that's got to be a big advantage if you uh, you have a flight and you can get really quickly home versus getting the next commercial flight out. And and with if you if anybody's done the airline travel, um, I've had I've had employees that I supervise they couldn't get back home. They couldn't get back here. It took them two or three days because they were having to wait on flights being canceled. And it's been a huge mess. And um, in, definitely in 2022. No, it's
0: why. a big deal. And and. That's why I think those guys from Southern Cal, when they leave Minneapolis, Minnesota, they get that quick flight back of about seven and a half hours, eight hours. And so they get ready for that next class. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Student athletes. That's what we worry about. Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, no doubt about that. And, um, that, that very fact uh, with, uh, with East Carolina talking about mengees, the only thing that really bothers me is I actually had, a um, I up, um, year before last i set up and I had seats all the way up in the way up in the, uh, upper, upper part. And the sight lines are not very good, especially you can't see the scoreboard, you know, the side scoreboards, you can't see them. And my daughter looks at me and dad said, dad, um, I can't see the scoreboard. What's the score? And I was like, my little, she's now nine years old. My seven year old at the time tells me she can't see the scoreboard and she wants to know what's going on and and i was like wow you know and I here i am looking up and i was like you're right baby i can't even i was watching the the game and you, you it's just one of those things where i know they say we have a lower the ceilings lower and we can't have that um it would block some vision i guess of the ball game but having an overhead scoreboard is something that i know they've talked about for years we can't have we can't have uh wwe roll events or different things because of the lighting there's all kinds of um, issues but um, that's one thing the sight lines for me has been a, a, a challenge where my seats are um, the end zone um, I can see pretty well I, I don't have a problem but a uh, year before last I couldn't see
0: Can't help you you just gotta give more money buy better tickets it's the only thing I can tell you can't help you Get,
1: get micro yeah. money
0: yeah. no yeah I mean you you know you got to get out of the middle in the plane and you got to get a little closer to the floor.
1: No. All right, Bubba, can, I book, can I get a personal loan, Bubba?
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're asking your wrong person. No, uh,
1: you're a teacher. You've got all kinds of money, Bubba. Come on. Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's right, Bubba. Exactly. Hey guys, I've got uh, grandson uh, son here with me, and I am going to have to uh, sign off. All right. He's giving cool. me a dirty look. So, right. but it's been fun, and I can't. Okay, let's do this. Who are you picking, Bubba? Let's let's get our picks. Who are you picking?
2: Uh, I'm going to have to go. It's not who I want to win, but I I'll take UConn. The way they're playing right now, I'll go with Danny Hurley's Huskies.
1: That's that's my pick. UConn, their title.
2: Who are you picking to win it? I I'm, UConn. I'm picking UConn to win, and I, I want FAU to win it. But I but I'm picking UConn well, to win. it.
1: That's okay. exactly. I'm going for FAU being a new member. Love that story. FAU Jay says all the way, but I, I think UConn's going to win it. I hope I'm I wrong. Think.
0: I think you kind of win the the first game. I'm going to pick San Diego State.
1: I'll be happy with that. Yeah. I would be happy with that too. Yeah, so I pick San Diego State
0: But whoever yeah. wins it will be. A gr- I mean, there's nobody you could have had 10 billion, 10 billion brackets, and nobody would have these guys. No exactly. way. Exactly.
1: It's going to be great. Thank you all so right, much, guys. Thanks a lot. Right, Look have a forward to you. doing it again. All right. Take care. All right. Yep. See Bye. You. Bye All right. Thanks to the coach. Uh, appreciate coach Steele for his time tonight. And, uh, man, Oh, uh, Johnny was asking, we'll have to get uh, coach Steele. Yeah.
2: I up. knew. Uh, yeah. I was talking to Johnny earlier and, and he said that he was going to mention that to coach Steele. So, uh, yeah,
1: I, I we'll can certainly
2: get, do that in next time we have him all.
1: I'll go, um, blue Edwards. I'll say, um, And he he obviously well he was mentioning the foreign players when Musa and um, Gabe but um, definitely uh, those guys will be in the conversation uh, for sure. Uh, Errol Bing is up there. Uh, There's a lot of guys we could we could mention over the last what 30 years, 35 years. Coach has been here. Yeah. Um, Well, um, so we can talk some pro day right now, right, Bubba?
2: Yeah, pro day went on today, and uh, you, you had Holton Ayler's performing well by all accounts. You know, you've heard the post-pro day interviews with, with him, as well as Keith Mitchell, also C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winstead, and Noah Henderson. Um, you know, they they seem to perform well. Uh, you know, the big thing with C.J. Um, you know, this is from C.J. himself. Was how he was going to uh, how fast was he going to be in the forty? And he said he it was four five seven or four six one. I think those were his two times. Um, I, Isaiah said to not know his forty time, but in preparation for Pro Day um, down in Florida, he had run uh, three consecutive four five flat forties. And, um, and Keaton was saying it seems like third to fifth round perhaps Holton fifth to seventh round or maybe, yeah, maybe under yeah. undrafted free agents. So, uh so we shall yeah, see. And then uh, Noah, Noah okay. Henderson, uh, maybe uh, being looked at more so as a guard than as a tackle.
1: Yeah, I'm going with uh Holton will barely make it. I'm going seventh round. I think he, I was, uh I don't know about you, Bubba, but he, I know he played very well, but it wasn't until his performance to me that solidified it in not only the Birmingham Bowl with the other two all-star bowls that really I, I think that's the difference in him getting drafted versus not. I mean, I know anything can happen, but my gut feeling I've said since that moment is seventh round. I'm gonna stick with that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I agree with Keaton, man. He is fast as lightning, uh four one, right? Didn't he have like a four one forty? No, he what you're what you're probably thinking, he said that he wished he would have run the forty today
2: oh, because okay. he wanted to try to get Get uh, in the four twos or maybe even a four one. Yeah, um, did a four nine. But, but but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't I don't, hadn't seen that confirmed as far as Holton's time. I think somebody, somebody chimed in on social media with a video of him running and asking what the time was. And
1: yeah, it was uh, Brian North. I saw him on social media. He it was a four nine something, it was under five. Or four, maybe a 489 I saw that yeah
2: but, uh, but good but yeah, I mean, don't get too consumed with that I'm, I mean not you but just people in general I mean that's yeah, yeah that's something that's definitely uh considered too much by some folks uh, especially a, a quarterback I mean Tom Brady and certainly And and I know that's an extreme example, but Tom Brady ran like a 5-2 at his pro day or, you know, or at the combine rather. And then you had, uh, uh, I mean, Joe Montana, I don't know what his time was, but he wasn't exactly uh, blazing fast or anywhere close to it. So, uh, you know, Holton moves well in the pocket, has good feet, um, certainly runs well for his size. And um, I, I'm sure he had he had a fresh cut, but at the same time, um, he he said that he was looking forward to getting something to eat. That he had kind of cut back, and uh, it was apparent that he was uh, a little thinner.
1: Yeah. By the way, Brian North talked to um, he on again. It was on Facebook on social media. I want to give him credit. He did like a five minute uh, deal. Um, I saw this afternoon. And he, he he talked to a Denver Broncos um, scout that was there. All 32 teams were there today, Bubba. Um, and the Broncos really liked him. And, and I know as of a couple weeks ago, somebody you and I know um, told me that um, there's been 20 teams at that time, and maybe more, that were interested in Holton, had talked to Holton. Um, but the, this particular Broncos uh, scout said, the, the the key for them um, with Holton, they really like him a lot, is arm strength. So your former quarterback, uh, talk to me about arm strength and how big a, a a factor will that be, do you think, when him drafted or not? One of the things Holton
2: really emphasized uh, is you know, his training uh, with quarterback country, and they have – they're now in Charlotte. Um, you know, Holton had spent time down in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, there are other locations around the country as well. But he gave a ton of credit to them on uh, just saying that, you know, over the last three months or so since the bowl game, that uh, he had been long tossing. When he went there, he was throwing it just shy of 60 yards. I want to say 58 or 59. And then um, now, three months later, He's still in the football seventy-one yards. So, wow! So uh, that that goes to show you, and that was something that uh, you know you hear about long to- long tossing all the time in baseball, and that was something I did and uh, to strengthen my arm. In addition to you know the weight room is uh, is long tossing both standing and you know in a kneeling position, you know and working on uh, strengthening your arm without utilizing your legs, and uh, I got to the point, you know, where, uh, you know, even my my own dad didn't believe it. I, I, could, I could throw the football about 55 yards kneeling, and then uh, right at, just shy of 70, um, I think 67 was the, the farthest I ever threw it, um, but there's certainly a lot more to it than that uh, when it comes to playing quarterback, obviously, um, a lot of those things. Can be uh, blown out of proportion just because it um, you know, captures your attention. A guy that has an extremely strong arm that can that can uh, throw the ball 65, 70, 75 yards, whatever. But uh, accuracy and decision making, knowing where to go with the ball, and and I think Holton has certainly grown leaps and bounds in those areas as you saw this year, completing right at 70% of his passes. And you'll hear. Uh, you hear Shane Matthews, um, former Florida great, and then um, spent between 15 and 20 years in the league. He said that time and again that uh, you know, give me a guy. Yeah, he may only be able to throw it 50 yards, but uh, he has anticipation and the accuracy. And uh, and what brought it up was uh, obviously this year, Florida had. Um, Anthony Richardson at quarterback, and he has all those, I say intangibles, he has all those uh, measurables, uh, like a strong arm and stuff, but uh, didn't always
1: translate to uh, winning football. No doubt about it. It's like in uh, baseball. Uh, I was thinking about Major League with Wild Thing with Charlie Sheen. Uh, You can have a guy throwing a million miles an hour, but uh, if he's throwing all over the place just a bit outside, I can hear Bob Uecker right now. Uh, if he has no control, then it doesn't matter if he can throw 95 or 100, right? So, same thing with um, with quarterback. If um, he's throwing a whole bunch of interceptions, or sometimes too, Bubba, wouldn't you agree that sometimes a guy I, I can think off the top of my head for um, Washington, that uh, they uh, know Daniel Snyder had wanted Jeff George? You can get like a guy that has a rifle of an arm, and sometimes they can be overconfident and they can be committing a lot of turnovers, a lot of interceptions because. They think because they have a strong arm that they can uh, needle, throw a, you know, like that needle right there and, and two or three guys are right there to pick it off. Yeah. Um, there's no uh, exact science, just
2: like with recruiting, when it comes to um, when it comes to drafting these guys. You've seen first-round bust, and, uh, and then you've seen a guy like, and I know he didn't have a, a ton of great years in terms of uh, being a starter, but uh, Jeff Blake uh, went, went very late uh, to the New York Jets, and then he ended up with the Cincinnati Bengals and became a, a pro bowler in that 1995 season and uh, went on to play uh, probably 15 years or so, a uh, very lengthy career, largely as a backup uh, af- after that excellent run in '95. But, yeah, it's you never know. Um,
1: um, and then obviously, look, look at what Tom Brady did. Oh, yeah. Six rounder. I mean, um, no question about it. It's going to be interesting to see. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, I know that our Diamond Bucks lost nine to three. Okay. Um, yeah. And going
2: back to this um, very quickly, JR is talking about Snapdragon Stadium, and it is off campus like I thought it probably was. And he said it, it's in the same location where. Uh, Jack Murphy, so according to my research on Jack Murphy, or as it was um, later on, I'm trying to remember, I want to say it's like San Diego Credit Union or something stadium, but nonetheless, it was approximately two and a half, three miles from campus.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. Our Diamond Bucks lose tonight, nine to three to UNCW, so um, Pirates lose that, unfortunately. Uh, we got a big uh, series against Houston on the road, so hopefully we can get that sweep, Bubba. But uh, disappointed to lose to the Seahawks tonight.
2: Yeah, uh, it's been puzzling our struggles in the midweek, but uh, you got to look at the entire picture. And you know, I guess, you know, what now? We're not nineteen and six, so hopefully we can go out to Houston and start
1: league play on the right foot, and uh, maybe even get a sweep. That'll be nice. Uh, no question about it. So good luck to the Pirates here. I want to remind everybody about season tickets for football spring game coming up on the 8th, a week from Saturday, Bubba. And uh, priority deadline, is that coming up on Monday for season tickets? Yeah, we, yeah, a week from yesterday, April 3rd. Um, last I heard, and this
2: was at least about a week or week and a half ago, um, you know, we were between six and six and a half thousand season tickets sold. And obviously season tickets are sold up until right there at the first game. This is just a priority deadline to uh, get the best seats that you can possibly get um, in accordance with your uh, your Pirate Club priority points and so forth. But, uh, you know, if you miss the priority deadline, please still order season tickets. And, I, and you know, most yeah. folks um, do uh, understand that. But just making sure that's clear for any – you know, new potential season ticket buyers out there that uh, this is not the deadline to purchase season tickets. This is just the priority deadline. Um, season tickets will
1: be sold all the way up through the month of August. No doubt. Again, get your tickets at $1-800-ECU-ECU-Pirates.com. And uh, they, the number of tickets are being sold uh, at a quicker pace. Um, now it's starting to pick up, but uh, let's make it uh 20000 would be great. Again, ecupirates.com, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. And want to give a shout-out, if we can, uh, to Next Level Training Center. I want to say hello to them, to Trent and Britt. They sponsor our extra inning show. We'll have that. Speaking of the Pirates, uh, for baseball, we'll have that uh, probably Sunday night, wrapping up everything, and we'll um, take a look at that. We appreciate them. And also, pjxgloves.com, they're also part of our our show of the PGX gloves.com uh, player of the week. And also our uh, picture of the week. You can go to ECU, uh, excuse me, go to PTXgloves.com and you can enter the promo code ECU for 25% off whatever you buy. there. the custom batting gloves. They have baseball gloves, football gloves, swag apparel, and so much more. And I uh, want to give a shout out again to uh, next level training center, next level You can give them a call at 252-756-NEXT. So thanks to them for supporting the show, Uh, both of them for the last few years. It means a lot for Kaz and for Trent and Gainel Brett. Thank you so much for that. All right, Bubba, I know that we want to get out of here. Do you have anything before we go? Um,
2: Next week on Absolute Empowerment, we'll have Leonard Henry, Um, obviously one of the best running backs to everywhere, the purple and gold and he will be joining Coach Connors, um, talking a variety of things. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, Leonard Henry, next Monday night, 7 o'clock. All right,
1: sounds good. Appreciate uh, Coach Connors for his commitment to us as well. He's been doing a lot of great uh, shows, and I uh, look forward to that every week. All right, uh, appreciate, appreciate Coach Steele very much for coming on tonight. Thank you, Bubba, for all your hard work. And uh, don't forget to subscribe Uh, to our YouTube channel. You can like us on Facebook. We're all over all the social media like Twitter and uh, Instagram and TikTok as well. All right. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates.
3: Back. This is our house, this is our town, our top, every one night, copy that. Everybody gonna see us go bulletin, at us speed that, we don't hold back. Every foot, Every yard, every first down, every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going, let the hurry.